0: You're listening to the podcast of River of Life Christian Fellowship in Durant, Oklahoma. Visit us online at ROLCF.org. Jude
1: 20 says this, But you, beloved, building yourselves up in the most holy faith. Can you turn it down? It says, But you, beloved, building yourselves up in the most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. How do you build yourself up? Praying in the Holy Spirit. Praying in the Holy Spirit. So when you acknowledge the Holy Spirit, and see, when you pray in the Holy Spirit, you're acknowledging the Holy Spirit is in you. Because when you pray in your prayer language, you're allowing the Holy Spirit to pray through you to God. Okay? And that's, the more you acknowledge that, the more you acknowledge the Holy Spirit in your life, remember what happens when you acknowledge something? you receive from its power. It affects you. You won't be affected by the Holy Spirit if you never acknowledge the Holy Spirit. That's why you have some denominations that don't understand what other denominations know. You have some people in certain congregations that, that well, all this happens when you get saved and there's no more after that. Well, they just haven't read the book of Acts. And even if they've read it, because they don't acknowledge the Holy Spirit, they're blinded to the things of the Spirit that are in the book of Acts. Jesus told His disciples, this is key, you must remember this, don't argue with people. Arguing doesn't do anything because they're not acknowledging you, they're acknowledging what they know. Don't ar- I don't argue theology and doctrine. I don't. I don't have to defend the gospel. It's not my job. Matter of fact, you know, I quit. I mean, I, I know I've shared this before, but my value is not established by how much I know that is, how much that I know and what I know it's all right. I, you know, I mean, how many people have been wrong before? Raise your hand. What makes you think you're not wrong now? But guess what? It's not a banner about you being wrong. The greatest thing about being wrong is now that you know you're right.
0: <laughs> well,
1: I'm keeping track on you now. I got to do aren't I? You know what I'm saying? See, once you see, we won't ever acknowledge that we're wrong because our value gets diminished. Well, our values based on our wrongness or our rightness. How many people felt uh, felt better when you got a hundred on your test?
0: Oh,
1: yeah. I, I, I don't know. Yes, I can't raise my hand. I I never got a hundred. You know how good I felt when I got a C? Man! <laughs> I like yeah. I felt good. I could go home that day. You know what I'm saying? You know, because there's many times. That, well, we won't get into that. Because our value, just as human beings, our value is and that's the human, that's the psyche of the human being is establishing that our value is established by things on the outside instead of things on the inside. I know people that don't feel good about themselves or they don't feel valuable if they're not dressed a certain way. And they won't even go out if they're not You know, because their value is established by their identity. Their identity is established by their clothes. And and they won't see anybody. Well, get over it. (laughs) You know, there's there's so much a life to live beyond your own value. See, if we can get our value established in Christ. See, back to that scripture. It says, study to show yourself approved. Listen, I'm studying to show myself that I'm approved. And show myself that I'm a workman. And I can rightly divide the word of truth. That's what the scripture says to me. But see, that's because I have a different mindset. You know, I, 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 we've been trying to, you know, we've acknowledged the new covenant. And see, if you acknowledge the new covenant, you begin to receive from it. You acknowledge the Holy Spirit, the great teacher. Jesus, Jesus told his disciples, this is in red letters. He said, listen, there are things that you need to know. To live in the kingdom. But you can't comprehend it right now. This is Jesus. Don't you think he should be able to teach anybody anything? You would think so. But see, Jesus wasn't the problem. The receiver was. Jesus can teach anything. Unless the receiver isn't prepared. To receive.
0: Well, it goes back to, the, to Calvary again. <coughs> the same thing all over again. Never under the old covenant, living under the old covenant until Calvary.
1: Until Calvary, until the Holy Spirit came. The scripture says, and Jesus went on to say, He says, listen, there's going to be a day and I'm not with you, and that day the Holy Spirit's going to come and He's going to teach you things pertaining to the kingdom. But see, you have to acknowledge the Holy Spirit. If you don't acknowledge the Holy Spirit you're not going to receive the information from the Holy Spirit. There's a lot of people who just understand the teachings of Jesus. You understand? It's in red! But they really don't understand what's in red because it says cut your hands off. If your right hand offends you, cut it off. It's in red. But they don't listen to that. It says, if, you're, if your eye offends you, pluck it out. It said, Jesus said this to the people that were listening to him. He says, listen, people, here's the Pharisees right here. Of course, in their structure, the Pharisees were like, you know, there's that hierarchy that you see in most churches. Eh, throw it out. But here's, here's the Pharisees. Oh, they're, they're so righteous they've lived that they were born to do what they do they're righteous they've studied oh they know the bible we just trust them jesus said unless your righteousness is greater than the pharisees you have no hope so in those three things the teachings of jesus will leave you blind maimed and hopeless so who wants to follow the teachings of jesus
0: God's grace is so important. We have so much knowledge in us. I know my prayer for the last several months has been, God, give me your grace so I can have wisdom. Mm -hmm. We have so much knowledge in us, Mm -hmm. but we do not, we need God's grace, His enablement. Yes, to understand. Forth, that knowledge
1: in a way that people the church is full of intellect now I'm not saying don't listen to the teachings of Jesus don't go out here and say all oh, the pastors teach you not to listen to Jesus I didn't say that I said listen to Jesus because he said that if you think it you're guilty I want you to hear really what he said I want you to hear the hopelessness Because what Jesus did, he came and taught the law. He taught two things. He taught the law to its fullness and he taught the kingdom. He taught the law and he taught the kingdom. Two things. Because who was he speaking to at the time? He was teaching, talking to those that were under the law. So he said, this is what the law says that you've been under and this is the principles of the kingdom. He says, repent, change the way you think from this because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. This is the way we have been thinking because he was one of them. This is the way we have been relating to God but now you're gonna, we're going to need to relate in a different way. For us to live in the kingdom, we have to think different. You have to change your filters. Now, he didn't, Where's that in Scripture?
0: <laughs> well, I, he, he, he didn't really say it outright, but he said to turn the hierarchy upside down.
1: He, it, very, the, the, the very thing is that and this came to right help there. this instead of this always supported this. Right. See, in the old covenant, this made this happen. <laughs> In the New Covenant, this makes this happen. Does everybody understand what I'm saying? The gifts, the fivefold pulpit ministry gifts in the Old Covenant, if you have an Old Covenant mentality, the church or the people of the church will serve the ministers of the church for the working of the ministry. And the New Covenant... The gifts, the fivefold pulpit ministry gifts, are given to the people for the working of the ministry. It's upside down. I I don't know how else to say it. But has anybody? I I can't. I can't say that. I got to be careful. No, 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 no. I. I, No, no. That's it's 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 too too personal for. Um, all right. Turn with me to Colossians chapter one. Colossians chapter one. So, if we want to increase, matter of fact, I'm going to go ahead and read the rest of that verse before we go on. Um, I'm just going to continue to read what we were reading in Second Peter, and you can hear what it says. 2 Peter chapter 1 says, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and Jesus Christ our Lord. So grace and peace is multiplied how? Through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. As His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through knowledge of Him. Wait a minute, should I read that again? As his divine power has given to us all things. How many things have been given? Just a couple. How many are still trying to get something? Raise your hand. Cuz we're all guilty. Mm-hmm. Not that guilt is an issue here, but we're all part of that. <laughs> we're all trying to get something we already have. We've all participated. Okay? Now what 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 what's the first law of physics? Remember this heart physics class. What's the first law of physics? It says For every action, there's an opposite and equal reaction. So if you tell yourself, I must get healed, or I must get healing, you're telling yourself you're not healed. I must become a good person. If you're saying that, it's that the intent is good, but with the same effort you're saying that you must become a good person, you're... So you're reassuring yourself that you're not a good person. Does everybody understand? that's the physic? That's that's what happens in your heart. The harder you try to become something, see, you can only become something you're not. Does everybody understand that? Why would you become something if you're already that? You don't have to. You're already that. How many people are human in here? I didn't see some hand. I got oh, we got some aliens in here. How many people are humans in here? Okay, afraid of, that that's an easy one. All right, all right, all right. We're all. How many people are trying to be human? Why? Because we are. Bingo. American. We're all American. And what are humans called? Human. Human. What? Beings. They just are being human. Not human. How many people are doing human?
0: <laughs>
1: you understand? You're already human, so you, you're not trying to become something that you already are. So being human just becomes Natural. so a man thinks in his mind, so. How many people in here are sinners saved by grace? Better not one person raise your hand. I slap you. Oh, I'll just we're jump.
0: <laughs>
1: I know you've never been, never been threatened to be slapped by a pastor, but that's all right. I wasn't really meaning it, but you know what I'm saying. You were sinners saved by grace. And when you got born again, your nature changed. Your nature changed. New creation. I'm a new creation in Christ, all things have passed away. Oh, old things have passed away, and all things have become where in your mind? I don't think so. In your mouth? I don't think so. In your spirit, man. Matter of fact, that's. It. I need to stop right there for a second. I know we've taught this before. I need remember. What are Wednesday night groups supposed to be doing? Praying for the upcoming. Meetings, January, praying for the church. We're gonna have some dynamic meetings. Another thing you'd be praying for is that we got the circles are so basic understanding. I mean, if you don't really understand the circles, a lot of stuff that we teach really just goes like, "Eh." and there's so much more that I want to teach in the you know that we need to teach, like on warfare and things like that. But there's so many people that are part of the church that never heard circles. So the question is, when January comes, do we go back and do circles again? Does everybody here have a clear, Chris, do you think you might be able to learn something else if we do it again? Um, So be praying that way. I need some direction on what to do, what to teach in the future. Um, But because people got to get that. I mean, that's, that's basic for what we teach so, preaching that Sunday? no on Wednesday night kind of like starting all over again and do do the board up here and going through that because we've been on heart physics here but we're going to finish out the year in heart physics but it says here as his divine power has been given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge let me say that again as his divine power has given all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge. You won't know that there's something that you're supposed to live in. You won't know that there's a promise of God. You won't know that there's something that pertains to life and godliness. You won't know any of that if you don't have knowledge of it. You understand that? You've got to know that he's died on the cross for our healing before you can claim it. You have to know what the promises of God are before you can stand in it. You had to know that salvation was available to you before you could take part of it. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's through the knowledge. That's why teaching is so important. It's just not coming to church and going home, but the acknowledgement of what's being taught. I am sure that each and every one of you that have been here, because you've acknowledged what's being taught, you're sensing and seeing things in the Bible you have never seen and sensed before. You're walking into more of an awareness now than you did last year but just because you've acknowledged, you've sat here and listened to things, and you've acknowledged the teaching, you've acknowledged the Holy Ghost, you've acknowledged the teaching, and now it's affecting you. But you have to acknowledge it. You have to say, okay, just not hear it, but you have to receive it. That goes with anything. Someone can try to be nice to you. A person that commits suicide, people tell them all the time, oh, you're loved, and they don't feel loved. Why? Because they don't acknowledge it. They're so self-absorbed, they don't acknowledge anything else in their life except their state of being. I've never known anybody commit suicide And the family go yay A person commits suicide Is a person That is so self centered All they acknowledge is the negative Period You will be affected By what you acknowledge Period That's why it's important for us to acknowledge The Holy Spirit that's why it's so important for us to acknowledge the word of God in our life the promises that are yes and amen. See if you acknowledge that the promises of God are yes and amen, guess what? That taps you into that power of those promises. Does everybody see that? If you acknowledge the scriptures that that talk about if you have the mindset that when you read scripture saying, "Oh, you got to work for your promises." Well, guess what? You've just tapped into that power even though it's a false power. You've tapped into that and it's going to affect you. And you're going to have to work for your promises. Even if you read the scripture that says, well, if you work for it, it's a wage. And it's not a promise. What do you do with that scripture? <laughs> well, it doesn't make sense to you because you don't acknowledge that it's been done for you. Again, we are human beings. If we can acknowledge who we are in Christ, uh, I think the scripture we turned to was Colossians 1:27. This is so powerful. I've said this. When we do the circles, we say this all the time. It is the most. Listen to me. This is, I believe, this is the most important principle that you need to focus on and acknowledge in your life after salvation, after Calvary, and after you received the after you are born again and that you no, know, it's the new creature. You know that you know that you are a saint when you acknowledge what Jesus has done in your life, you know, at Calvary, and you've accepted him into your life, this right here is what's going to change your life. It's not changed, excuse me. It's going to transform your life more than any other scripture. And if scripture, excuse me, if something is added to your life without this truth, it's probably misplaced. And here it is. Verse 27, verse 1, chapter 1. To them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory, this uh, mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now, For me to make the statement I just made about how important for you to to acknowledge that it's not you, but it's Christ in you. If you can get that concept. See, a lot of people have the concept that I'm in Christ or that we're in Christ. But we don't have the concept that He's in us. I want you to turn to the book of Galatians. Turn to the book of Galatians. Let's just see what happens here. Now, this is so powerful. We need to understand. Let let me set the stage a little bit. The apostle Paul used to be called, his name used to be called Saul. Does everybody understand that? Oh, good old Bible. That's just Bible information. All right? But there's more to that episode than just Bible information. See, when he was Saul, what did he do? It tells us here in Galatians chapter 1, it's verse 11, it says, But I make known to you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached to me, or excuse me, preached by me, is not according to man. For I neither received it from man, nor was I taught it, but it came through The revelation of Jesus Christ. For you have heard of my former conduct in Judaism, how I persecuted the church of God beyond measure and tried to destroy it. And I advanced in Judaism beyond many of my contemporaries in my own nation. "...being more exceedingly zealous for the traditions..." Everybody say traditions. Traditions. "...he was sold out to what he was taught by his fathers and his grandfathers and his great-grandfathers and the heritage of his people. He was sold out to the traditions that have been passed down for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years." Verse 14, I advanced in Judaism beyond many of my contemporaries in my own nation being more exceedingly zealous for the traditions of my father. But when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me through his grace. Stop right there for a second. What this is literally talking about Has anybody heard, you know, if I was to ask you where your family comes from, and you went back into history, and you say, oh, we come from the motherland. Anybody ever heard that term? wonder why they call it the motherland. See, this isn't talking about when he was birthed, separated from his mother's womb, and we started growing up. What this is talking about is that there was a separation from the traditions of the motherland. the teachings, the doctrines, the lifestyle, the principles, the celebrations, the feast, everything, the calendar, the rituals. When it pleased God to separate him from this. See, over here he was called Saul. Now he, he had advanced more than most of anybody else that he knew of. His name was Saul when he got the revelation that was taught to him by Jesus Christ himself see Jesus taught over here under the old covenant and Jesus taught Paul in the new covenant what did Paul do when he got the revelation of a new way of living See, the word Saul, the name Saul is the top three names in the Jewish culture to be name your son. Not anybody could just be called Saul. You had to be raised in certain families. One scripture says that he was the stock of the tribe, that his lineage, I mean, when you say the stock, that he was bred to be who he was. That's what it means when you refer to stock, Right? we got some cattle breeders in here and they have stock and they, they take care to breed their stock accordingly and he was part of that stock and they called him Saul and when he got the revelation that we're fixing to read about what revelation was it that God that changed him was it was it prayer was it fasting was it giving was it servanthood was it being a good person what was the revelation that made Saul change his name from the top three Jewish name to the most common Roman name? Rome's a Gentile. And he identified with the Gentiles now instead of his own people. Don't you think that was a slap in the face to his people? (coughs) He did not get his identity from his past, from his traditions, from his anything other than what we're fixing to read. This is what changed his life. Verse 15. But when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me through his grace... To reveal His Son in me. Oh, to reveal His Son in me. Hmm. but when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me through his grace to reveal his son in me that I might preach among the Gentiles I did not immediately confer with flesh and blood nor did I go up to Jerusalem there's a scripture that Paul talks about in Colossians, back to Colossians again, verse twenty-seven. It says this: Chapter one. Chapter one. I'll start with twenty-six. The mystery, which was hidden from ages, listen to this. This is so cool. I don't know if you just just to, just to read the Bible and listen to what it's saying. Verse 26, chapter 1, in the book of Colossians. The mystery which was hidden from ages and from the generations. What's that saying? It was hidden. They couldn't have found it if they wanted to. but now has been revealed to his saints. To them God willed to make known what are the riches of his glory, of his mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. See, the very thing that changed his life, he was communicating everywhere he went. It is the issue that Christ is in you. He's not up there. God was up there in the Old Covenant. The Bible says we have this treasure in earthen vessels. This is called the temple of the Most High God. It's not that He's up there. He's in here, literally. It's not just spiritual hubbub. If you've heard, most people hear that and they just go, oh yeah, I know that. Listen, if you knew that, you wouldn't be the way we are. If we knew that it was, Christ was in us, and it's the hope of the glory of God, we would touch people with these hands and pray and believe. Because it's not about us, it's about the power of God that's coming out of us. Man. Man. We wouldn't walk in some of the establishments as we walk into if we knew Christ was in us. We wouldn't say some of the things we say if we knew Christ was in us. See, if we really knew. But see, that's really what took Paul and changed his life. That one truth, that one verse, That one concept, Christ in you, the hope of glory. When he got a revelation, when Jesus taught him, I'm not up here. I'm in here. (gasps) That changed his whole way of thinking about life. That is new covenant understanding. Because if you still see God up here, here's some test. If we think God inhabits the praises of his people. See in the Old Covenant you know we talked about this before that we praise God comes down. How many songs? Oh don't even get Is this a pet pee? This is a pet pee isn't it? Shake your head. (laughs) How many songs do we sing in this church even? Pour out your spirit God. Whatever the songs may be. And I keep hearing him saying, I already have. (laughs) Let God out. (laughs) There you go. You know, people say, well, you don't think God can inhabit the praises of his people? Well, God can inhabit it. But the issue here is that he's not up there and we're not participating in some ritual that when it's pleasing to him he finally shows up what that's old covenant he's, the Bible says two or more gathered in my name there I am <laughs> he's already here I mean look, at, look what we do I mean our, our songs the things we pray there, there's a book I, I'm not, there's a great book out there Uh, It says another way to pray. And it's praying because you have something. You're not praying to get it. It's It's acknowledging what God's already done. Why? Because when you acknowledge... See, if you're praying to get something, that means you don't have it. If you acknowledge God's already given it to you, when you acknowledge something, it literally taps you into the power of that. Okay? To show you how this works, it, it, if, if you were to, uh, the intent, uh, well, I can't go about to the intent. Um, look at Colossians 2 7. Starting with verse 6. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him. How have you received Jesus Christ our Lord? This is talking about in faith, in the Spirit. They didn't receive Jesus under the law. Got it? That's what it said in Galatians, in the book of Galatians, Oh, foolish... Oh, foolish Galatians, who's bewitched you that you received something of the Spirit to think you could maintain it in the flesh? What they were trying to do, people were coming behind Paul after he set them free. They were coming back, putting the law back on them and said, okay, you can be free, but now you've got to do these things to be righteous with God. Now you've got to do these things to get everything he, Paul talked about. He says, Oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? I love the tape set. I listened to years ago by a man named Rick Godwin. He says, witchcraft in the church. Got my attention. (laughs) I like titles. Yeah, uh, Colossians 2, 6. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith. (laughs) Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry, i just got a little, some other scriptures just jumped at me when I did that. Rooted and built up in Him and established in the faith as you have been taught abounding in it through or with? What's the word abounding? Multiplying multiplying in it how do you want to have more of it how can it be multiplied you acknowledge see thanksgiving is a form of acknowledgement when when frank taught last wednesday i acknowledged him for doing so thank you you see i have now acknowledged what he's done so i receive he receives and i receive it makes it alive between the two of us when she cooks and makes i don't care what it is cookies carrot cake okay now watch this now i'm gonna pick on her for a second i'm sorry Curtis, but this carrot cake he just didn't turn out <laughs> she's like this you know right he's coming whining and complaining about the carrot cake Was there anything left of the carrot cake before the night was over? Why? Because we acknowledged that it was good. And we participated in what we acknowledged. And now she knows, hopefully, that that was some good carrot cake. Now, if she never acknowledges that it's all gone, she'll never make it again. That just wasn't very good. She can live in that little, you know... And that's what happens to a lot of people. We just don't... What are you going to acknowledge? I mean, that's a simple little thing there, but it was good carrot cake. (laughs) Better with pineapple in it. (laughs) Well, and she was judging it by the outside. Oh, that'll preach. She she was judging the looks of that cake by the. She was judging the taste of the cake by the outside of that cake. That, that sounds like a religious mindset right there. Don't judge me by my outside.
0: And I have seen some outside when they get just
1: wax. looks real pretty. Yeah, yeah nothing inside. It has no taste. Yeah. yeah. All that stuff you see on TV, pictures, that's all wax stuff and so When they bring out the dessert tray. Yeah, yeah, on the dessert tray, that's all <laughs> wax. Yeah. They say, you won't want that. <laughs> Turn with me to the book of Acts, chapter 1. Watch this. This is so cool. Acts chapter 1. I'm just going to start reading at verse 1 because I just can't help it. The former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach. Now, this was written by Luke. Okay? The book of Acts was written by Luke. And so when he says here, the former account I made, he's talking about the letter or the book of Luke. And that's why it says in there, it says, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach until the day in which he was taken up, after he through the Holy Spirit had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by many during the 40 days. Now, everybody understands after Jesus uh, died on the cross, resurrected from the grave, he, stayed, uh, he went up and came back down. Remember at last Easter, do we need to go through that all again? He who first descended... I mean, and then he ascended. Okay, he took the blood to the throne, and then came back and said, "Here, now, touch me." Mm -hmm. He stayed for forty days. Wonder what he taught. Don't you think those would be some important teachings? I would like to (laughs) teach. Which part? Oh. Oh. Uh, What I said in a nutshell was, you missed a service. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The APEC, we talked about the APEC duomai, but when the scripture says he who first, before he ascended, he first descended and that he took the blood from Calvary. He took the blood up to the Father. That's why on his way back up when... Uh, Mary came to him to embrace him. He said, don't touch me, for I've yet ascended into the Father because he had the blood. The blood couldn't be contaminated by sin or flesh again. So it had to be taken and presented to the altar. And then once he presented it, then he came back and then he walked through the wall and there's the disciples up there all scared and everything. Doubting Thomas comes up and, you know, I'm not going to believe it unless I see it and touch it. Remember we talked about those five senses? Jesus said, blessed he believes without using the five senses. That's how you need to read that. Because you will be blessed if you trust without having to see it. That's where kingdom principles are. Faith is seeing those things that are not as though they... That's the way the kingdom works. Okay? And so for 40 days after he came back down and said, Touch me. He stayed with the disciples for 40 days, teaching, what it says here, it says, to to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs being seen by them during 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the judgment of God. Oh! Kingdom. Kingdom! 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 He did not speak about the judgment of God. He spoke about how to live within the kingdom that he told the Jews. He said, repent for the kingdom is at hand. Now it's here. He goes on and says this. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. We're not going to get into all that. That is so cool. I can't even hardly read this without talking about it, though. Which he said, you have heard from me. So he told him about the promise of the Father. For John truly baptized you with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Hmm. Therefore, when they had come together... They ask him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? They're speaking in a sense of the literal kingdom of heaven on earth, the establishment of the government. That's always what they were looking forward to was the physical kingdom. Everybody realize and understands that the kingdom is coming in a physical realm where you don't have to do anything. It's just going to be here in physical realm okay but now jesus said the kingdom is in you and you can have the result of that kingdom on the outside but it first has to come from within you there's going to be a day when it doesn't it's just going to be here okay that's not this day it's not in this dispensation it goes on and says this um John truly baptized you with water, but you shall be baptized in the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, are, uh, are you going to reestablish, restore the kingdom uh, to Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or season which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power. Everybody say power. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall speak in
0: tongues.
1: (laughs) You shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, and in all Judea, and in Samaria, into the ends of the earth now when I said that I'm not saying anything you know, you know how I believe about speaking in tongues I said do it go for it get in your prayer closet get at home and just pray 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 in the Holy Ghost because when you acknowledge the Spirit of God you're tapping into His power you don't acknowledge Him you're not tapping into His power you praying in the Holy Spirit as it read in Jude will build yourself up in your most holy faith what is your faith? it's not what you're believing for the Scripture said it is good to have your heart established in grace. We need to have our heart established in what He has done for us and what He's already done and what He's already accomplished, that the promises of God are yes and amen, that, the, that everything that pertains to life and godliness has already been given to us, that I'm a king's kid, I'm adopted, I'm grafted into the vine, I'm, I'm nobility on this planet. You represent. You're part of a Listen, you th- what what do they call the guys that come from other countries and they have the little embassy and they they have diplomatic immunity. They're not subject to the laws of the land. Guess where you come from. You're not Americans. You're a foreigner. You're a stranger in this world, the scripture says. You represent the kingdom. You're just not a diplomat. You're daddy. Is God. Now you start walking like that, see what happens. I'm going to say this out loud. It's going to get on. I might should shut this off because this really challenges a lot of people. When the Bible says to pray in the name of Jesus, it's not saying to put your little little thing on the end all the time and say, "I'm going to pray and I'm going to put the name of Jesus on it and it's going to be done for me because I said in the name." It's not an incantation. It's not some little form of Christian voodoo. When it says to pray in the name of Jesus, it's saying praying in the position and authority and the character of. When you start praying in the position, the character, and the authority of Jesus, guess what? Those prayers have authority behind them. There's, there's, there's passages of scriptures in here where people prayed in the name of Jesus and the devils had, had a heyday with them. they were saying in the name of Jesus but what was the problem what was missing it wasn't the name of Jesus it was the authority was missing they weren't in position they weren't sons of the most high God we are man that's why when we pray the scripture says when you pray pray in the name of Jesus that means pray in that authority pray pray with when you understand the three circles and understand that you're, you're made up of three parts and one part of you is perfect. One part of you is complete. One part of you is God. Does that make you want to rush out and sin? Or does it make you want to heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons, love the unlovable? I I feel empowered when I think about that. I mean, I get... Guess why? Because I get acknowledged. See, when you acknowledge something, you get empowered. Look what it says in the book of Acts. What happened? Jesus said, Go to the upper room, and you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, And you shall be witnesses. They were empowered by the Holy Spirit. Why? Because they went to the upper room. What was going to... If they wouldn't have gone to the upper room. And if they wouldn't have waited. And what's the word wait mean? Holy. Anticipation. Of an impartation. That's bringing transformation. Transformation. That's what waiting means. They waited. is you not know what it says? They waited. They went up there and just weren't going, oh, what's going to happen? Oh, come bring it on. Promise of the Father. Everything I heard Jesus tell me about. I'm holy. My, I'm totally invested. Wait, Anticipating an impartation that's going to bring a transformation. And because they acknowledged that by being obedient to God, the word. If they wouldn't have been in the upper room, would they have received? No. If you don't acknowledge the word, it won't affect you.
0: Tell me what waiting means so I can write it down and go slow. Holy
1: not not H-O, but W-H. Okay, okay. Like totally, completely. Okay, totally. Holy anticipate. It's holy anticipation of an impartation that will bring transformation. That's an awesome word right there. They were empowered. That's when he stood up. Mm-hmm. Stephen. Well, who stood up? Stephen stood up. up right, but Stephen stood up. The first message was when he, somebody stood up because they were empowered to. See, when you get empowered, things begin to happen. But it starts with Acknowledgement. There's such an, there's, I know I've been saying that word, but listen, it'll change your life by you acknowledging the Holy Spirit or the power of the Holy Spirit that's already been poured out upon you. If you start acknowledging the power that's in you, you won't be asking God to pour out, give, oh, more of you, Lord. Uh-huh. I mean, those songs sound good. I mean, we're seeing more of you, God. And he said, no, more of you. I want more of you. He's already giving us all of him. No, 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 I understand. Yeah, yeah, they're they're good songs. Yeah, though none go with me, I still will follow. You know what I'm saying? But listen to this. They had to acknowledge the word of the Lord. It's getting too close to Christmas, so we're going to do this anyway. If you've never seen this, you need to see this. Turn to the book of Luke. The first manifestation of being empowered by the Holy Spirit was tongues. I am not saying... When I said what I said, tongues is not the issue. Powerment is. And when you get empowered, guess what? You're not going to hold back the Spirit. It's going to come out of your mouth. Now, now let me just say this. Has anybody... Now, and I'm not saying this as a, as a pointing finger. Okay? This is not. This is really to help you, and to help us. I'm not pointing fingers anyway. <laughs> but, but listen. Listen to this. If you've had a problem receiving your prayer language, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, because you know some of us in here may have a problem with sp- praying in the spirit. Okay? You might have been asking for years, and you quit asking because, because you just haven't received it and you haven't manifested it you know all you have to do it's really simple is acknowledge the holy spirit in your life the more you acknowledge it that power is going to build up you're going to be empowered and you're going to be that that the spirit of god is going to be start building up in you in one of these days mark my words you're going to open your mouth to pray and you're going to, and then you're going to get happy. Because <laughs> some of us, some people go, oh! took me 10 years. <laughs> okay, see the hand go up? <laughs> Sandra's right up here. Right up here. No one coached her, and there's nothing wrong with coaching. I mean, what I'm saying, but, but no one coached her. She's right up here. And she come, the Holy Ghost. She got empowered right up here. Tammy was right over there, <laughs> and Sandra was right here. And all of a sudden, something came out of her mouth she had never heard before. What was her first response? <gasps> and and what did I say, Sandra? I took her hand and I literally moved it off her mouth. I said, "Let it out." There's a freedom in it, and she hadn't been the same. Took me ten. 10 years, I was filled with the Holy Spirit in a little Pentecostal church right outside the gate of Camp Lejeune, North Carolina. I never spoke in tongues. One service, I could feel the power. I knew I'd been filled with the Holy Spirit. Didn't speak with tongues until months, almost, I don't even know how long it was. I could figure it out, but I won't take you here this long. But months and months later, I was standing in a parking lot after work with a friend of mine acquaintance of mine he asked me if I was spirit filled and I said yes he says you pray in the spirit are you speaking in tongues I said yes I lied it's that charismatic peer pressure you know what he said let me hear you and I swallowed and I went opened my mouth and boom there it was been in there been in there just going, let me out. Let me out. But I hadn't acknowledged. But see, I acknowledged I was filled with the Holy Spirit when he asked. Uh-huh. Are you filled with the Spirit? Yes. I acknowledged it. Let me show you something how powerful this is. Luke chapter 1. Now, you're going to hear more about this. We, we talked about it last. I, I remember I specifically asked uh, the elder board if I could. I wasn't your pastor yet and I asked the elder board if I could come and preach the Sunday before Christmas. It was on the 22nd. I remember. I was here. Do you remember what day it was? Christmas was on last year. I do. It was the 22nd of December. I think. No. Anyway, it was the 22nd. Does everybody know the story about the Virgin Mary? Okay. In Luke chapter 1, verse 26 now in the sixth month the angel Gabriel was sent by God to the city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph now I'm not going to talk about what it means to be a virgin okay we're not going to talk about all this we're getting to one point so I got to just okay keep on going and and, and then the angel said to her down in 30 says then the angel said to her do not be afraid Mary for you have found favor with God 31 and behold you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus he will be great and he will be called the son of the highest and the lord god will give him the throne of his father david now you got to remember that Jesus was just a little bitty girl in a little bitty place with a little bitty mindset. Mary. Excuse me, Mary, what did I say? Jesus. Jesus. Oh, I'm all messed up. Thank you. Uh. <laughs> Mary was a little bitty girl in a little bitty place with a little bitty mindset. No great visions. She probably thought she'd have a son or a daughter someday and just live in her little town and pick olives. And all of a sudden, the word of the Lord is spoken. It don't matter. She's a little girl. Probably 12, 13. And he'll reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom, there'll be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be? I have not known a man. And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit, and it goes on and talks about this, okay? And it talks about Elizabeth in verse 36. All right? And verse 37, it says, For God nothing is impossible. Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, here's the key phrase. Verse 38, Let it be to me according to your word. Now you've got to remember, she was asking, How will this be? She She was hearing the word, but she hadn't acknowledged the word. When she said, let it be unto me according to the word. In other words, she received the word of the Lord. Now, you've got to jump over to, uh, let's just do verse 44. For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ear, see, she's with Elizabeth now, Okay? For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. Blessed is she who for there will be a fulfillment of those things that were told to her from the Lord. Huh? If she wouldn't acknowledge and believe, she wouldn't receive it would have been a jane another girl somewhere else if she wouldn't receive the word and said be it unto me there she wouldn't have been the son of the most high i mean the mother of the messiah because even though the word spoken there has to be someone to acknowledge it and receive it and believe it you tap into the power of the word when you believe it and believing it is you receiving it and acknowledging it. And if you don't acknowledge the Word, you'll never believe it. Wow. That's powerful. See, it's not just about hearing the Word, it's about hearing and acknowledging. You want another scripture? Yes. Yep. But you still feel like there's something in there hanging on? No. Like, yeah. Well, when you mean component, what do you mean? There's just some other component where it's like, it's,
0: it's, it's kind of, I'm sorry, it's like, I feel like my spirit, I'm giving birth. I feel like my, some, I feel pregnant. Like I'm hurting and I know something's going to happen. It's just, there's like just this one little thing where I'm not understanding. I'll pray that. it. Mm-hmm. I just, I just, it be.
1: Confidence is such a confidence is such a powerful tool. One of the problems Mary had right off the bat was asking God, "How can this be?" Most of our human nature is trying to figure things out instead of just trusting. <laughs> That's what we're talking about. How a preconceived idea of what needs to take place, when, where, and what.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we give it to God
1: all the time, every day, every time we pray, or every time we're thinking. But well, we just pick it back up There's since it we're done praying. <laughs> By that store that us of that or see that person, but we pick it up again. We just don't. We don't turn our mind mm-hmm. away God from we it. it we, away. we we keep picking it. Back back I up I need that scripture says not being mixed with faith. I, I thought it was in faith. Hebrews. well I, I believe with I, I believe with all my heart there's stages yeah. and that you, you've gone through some stages and we, we will never hear God outside of peace never and I believe that we need to be at peace the more peace we're in the more we're going to be here clearly if there is something we are to do or if there's something in us that still needs to be cut And again, most of it's our Western mentality is trying to... We we think we know the end. If you know the end result of something... Okay, I I, I know I've used this example before, but we'll do it again. If I ask you to go out in the woods and find a deer... Can everybody out there... You might not be able to find one, but you know what one looks like to go... I mean, you could possibly find a deer. Okay, let's do it this way. If I tell you to go to the zoo and find a deer... Okay, everybody can find a deer because, oh, look, there's a deer because you have a preconceived idea of what a deer looks like. Now, if, if I ask you to go into the woods and find a gill gadget, matter of fact, they're real big. There's a lot of them in Minnesota. They're called Minnesota gill gadgets. How many can go out and find a Minnesota gill gadget? I I <laughs> you probably exactly true. Where I'm. Co- but see, you don't know what a guild gadget looks like, so you couldn't find one, even if you were looking right at it. Right? Is it like a gigapet? No, it's like nothing else, you know. But see, w- w- if you don't know what it is... Yeah, I see, the, that's why the Scripture says the unsearchable riches. It doesn't mean that you can't find them. It just means... You don't have. We have no preconceived idea of how much and what God is in His vision for us. Okay. Our minds can't comprehend it. It's
0: like God's guy,
1: but It's like. It. You know, and, and there's there's things that we do in life that we try to figure out. If I tell most of us, we study to support what we already believe. Most of us have a standard. That's stuck in the ground. Standard's that stick that holds a bunch of information on it. And we're holding up our standard and we only listen. One of the things I ask in the Bible schools that I've taught in, I says, it says, when you hear, do you hear according to what you know? And everybody, yeah, or according to what you need to know. Because every one of us hear, and if it doesn't match our standard, what do we do with it? We don't acknowledge it. Speak to the hand. We
0: try to manipulate it. I find in praying for Mandy, I know what I want, mm. of God's purpose is being worked out. And I want to manipulate God in going ahead and bring total healing right now, but I don't know what all God is trying to work out. We don't know what the perfect will of God is. We know it's His will that she be healed, but now mm-hmm. the process He's going through, I have no control.
1: See, that a lot of times we're trying to figure out the process, you know. Uh, a lot of times we have old old teachings that still need to be plucked out that are confusing the process. Here's a scripture here. It says in, in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 1, Therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest, and we can't even talk about that all night, uh, let us fear. We talked about that, having a phobia. Least any of you seem to have come short of it. For indeed the gospel, everybody say gospel was preached to us as well as to them. Two group people, right? Us and them. But the word which they heard, same gospel, it did not profit them. Why? Not being mixed with faith. They didn't acknowledge it. Listen, I can can preach and teach for ten years. But if people don't acknowledge the word that I'm teaching, they won't be affected. You can have angels show up and give you a word of the Lord. If you don't acknowledge it, it won't affect you. Jesus, the son of God, came to his own hometown, couldn't do anything as far as signs, wonders, and miracles because they didn't acknowledge him as being the son of God. They saw him as the son of Joseph. They heard about him, but they didn't acknowledge him there. He's still just a carpenter's son. The power of acknowledgement is huge. And what are we supposed to acknowledge? Christ in me. It'll change your life forever. It changed oh, You may want to change your name. Man. Notice he, yeah, yeah. That's good. I can't go there. Quit it, Frank. Frank's meddling on the front row. <laughs> Father, we. Go ahead, do what? Oh. Father, we just thank you right now. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you are the great teacher. We just love your word, we love your presence. Father, I thank you that we are learning to cherish your word. We're beginning to acknowledge your word and seeing how valuable your word is in our life because it tells us how much we are already approved. It tells us that you love us unconditionally, that you've already given us everything that pertains to life and godliness, that that all the promises are yes and amen and everything that Jesus did for us it's completed. Thank you so much. We acknowledge it in our life. We receive it. Be it unto us. When we hear your word, be it unto us. Mm. thank you God for being our father thank you for bringing us into a covenant of peace thank you for dealing with sin before we got here we acknowledge all that you've done for us we give you praise we give you glory and that's why we magnify your name in all God's people said Amen. Amen